Start again, start again, begin. Start again, everyone. So now I just. I'm very blunt. I have no filter, but I try to be not disrespectful, you know, disrespectful when I say things. So I know, you know, like I'll say, I don't mean no disrespect. And then I'll go say what I want to say. I don't know what I'm going to say, but it just comes to my head, you know. It's a brand new world, a new Yeah, I'm gonna cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs>
But yet, my circle of, circle of close friends remain the same. I have friends from childhood, from high school. Hmm. As an adult, it is harder to find a close group of friends for me. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I think as an adult, it is harder to find a new circle of friends. And I didn't really get into that with Brandon. I'm not sure how he found his his new positive circle of friends. Just a geographic change, I guess. But as an adult, I've had a hard time. So I've tried different things like meet up and groups and stuff like that. But it's hard to find people that you click with as an adult. It is. thing that really amazed me about Brandon's story is just how much he went through, how much his family went through when he was at such a young age. It's just non-stop, one thing after another. That's a lot. And for him to have stayed so positive through all that is really amazing. I, I met him while he was still going through some of that stuff, and he's still just really positive upbeat person he's great person to work with great person to have around I don't know that I would have gotten through the things that he's gotten through and remained as upbeat as he has it's really amazing so big thanks to Brandon Foster here's Brandon so where'd you come from how'd you how'd you get to Austin um I moved to Austin six years ago um unfortunately the police of uh, Buffalo New York killed my father and uh, my uncle came for the funeral of his brother's death. And uh, we we sat for the couple of days that he was there and we vibed and uh, we had a chance to talk and, uh, and everything. And he told me about opportunities out here. So while I was back home in Buffalo, New York, uh, surviving, I had a chance to get online and look for jobs out here. Um, so the first job that offered me opportunity to come out here, I was explaining to them that I had tattoos on my face. Would that prevent me from getting a job? And they told me, no, no problem. Come on in. So I wound up calling my uncle um, down, calling him and letting him know that I had got a, jo- a job offer sooner than what he pl- we, we planned for. So he brought me down here. Uh, yeah. It was all because of my uncle. I stayed with my uncle for the first six months when I moved down here, and by me having the mentality that I have, I was already in the, you know, grind and go get it mode, you know, be on my own. So within six months, I re- I kind of was looking for a place, and he was helping me look for a place. So uh, we found a place, and um, he helped me co-sign the uh, the first lease. He uh, helped he helped pay the rent for the first two months. So I was rent free for the first two months. I had to get on my grind and do what I do to keep myself out here unless I would have been back on the plane going home. So here I am. But if it wasn't for my father passing, would I be here or would I not be here? You know, like 
that's the, the question I ask myself. Do you want to talk about what happened to your dad? My father, um, the night before he was in, he was in jail, me and my father was together. And he wanted me to go out to the club with, with him um, and hang out. My dad was a, a bar owner. He owned a couple of different bars. And uh, that particular night, I didn't want to hang out. So I, I wind up going back home. And the following morning, I get a phone call from my grandmother saying that my father killed himself. My dad was tied up to a pole on his knees by his T-shirt. And in New York, Buffalo, New York, the Erie County uh, facility, you have to do your rounds every 15 minutes to check on the inmates. And... And it took him 45 minutes to do CPR. Oh my dad. And, um... Were you living with him at the time? No, I wasn't. I never lived with my dad. I was always with my mother. Him and my, my mother always had their differences. So we always go to my dad's house on the weekends. How old were you? Was when he passed away. I was 23. So they did the 45 minutes uh, CPR and brought him back to life. Um, but he was basically like, like a vegetable. You know, his... Uh, The hardest thing was. Sitting at the table with the, with the doctors and my mother and my uncle. And all eyes on me. <laughs> they wanted, I'm the. I'm the one that has to answer the question and pull a plug or not on my father. And it's like, do I let him live? <laughs> Look at him like he is? <laughs> or just let him go? <laughs> so at the age of 23, that was the most hardest thing for me. Since I've been here, I lost my father, I lost my brother, I lost my sister, I lost my niece. My niece hung herself two years ago. She was found in the closet by her mother. When I got that phone call, it was a very, very crazy, very crazy phone call. Um, 
after my niece, I buried my other brother. So I lost about six people since I've been here in the past six years. It's hard being away because it's like when you get certain phone calls and people need help and you can't do nothing because, you know, you're so many miles away. And it's like, what do you do? What do you do? You know, and you try to make phone calls to other people to see if they can get to the situation and handle it for you. Um, I just really hate, I really hate getting phone calls, you know, not knowing if it's good or bad or not. You know, within the past six years, I'm, you know, no matter, I tell myself now, no matter what phone call I get early morning, I'm always going to think bad. Always going to think is something bad happening because it's been going on for the past six years. And, like, that's what haunts me. Like, no matter what, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, if my phone is ringing, I'm always jumping up thinking something bad is happening back home. It's crazy. that I, I feel like that, but I do. So I don't necessarily miss home. There's nothing there. I miss my family, that's it. If I could bring them all down, then I feel like I did my job. They still surviving. I'm living. Are you the baby? Uh, no, I'm the middle child. So I have my oldest brother, he is 32. He passed away. Um, he just turned 33. Um, so he was back home at a at a club, and a fight led from inside the club, and it led to outside the club. And a couple guys left. Uh, they came back and they shot the bar up, and my brother wound up getting hit by a stray bullet in his head and one of his neck. And uh. That was hard uh, as well, getting that phone call at 3 in the morning. So my sister, I say it's my sister is because my brother's my, my brother's wife. So my sister-in-law, if you want to uh, technically um, say it like that. So uh, she passed away first. And then a couple years, uh, two years later. Uh, he passed away. Uh, she died at the age of 29. She was fighting cancer all her life. You know, she had her foot amputated uh, at a young age. So uh, all her life, she was going back and forth to the hospital, just, you know, treatments and treatments. And it was finally to a point where, you know, she was going to, she was, she knowing that she was going to, you know, be taking her last breath in a couple months. So, uh, you know, we just basically prepared ourselves for it because she knew that we we knew that she was in those stages. So, you know, you gotta prepare. You just hoping for the the best, but you're prepared for the worst. You know, so it was it was sad, but I was prepared for it. You know, that's all that's all I can do. Uh, my second oldest brother was. 31 no third or 30 when he passed away he was uh, in jail for 25 years of life and um he did 15 before the cancer got the best of him 
Um, he was facing cancer for eight years and never told nobody until he was on his deathbed. That was an unexpected uh, death, so that kind of hit hard. You think him seeing her go through it was why he didn't tell anybody? Like he didn't want to put people through what? Um, probably, but my brother always been uh, a quiet person. Like he never really was into the social media kind of things or he was never into the limelight, you know. Uh, but at the same time, my, my, my brother spent most of his life in jail, in and out of jail, so he really ain't had a chance to be on the streets of uh, Buffalo, New York. Uh, probably a year or two, um, you know, he had a chance to be out, but my brother was in and out of jail his whole life at a young age. I mean, literally. And uh, when he went to when he got when he was facing 25 years of life he was young he was about uh i want to say almost 18 19 himself uh, he died in in the hospital of uh, cancer stage 4 cancer some some kind of skin cancer uh, it was it was a uh, it was hard it was hard and my little brother is 28. He uh he been incarcerated for the past six and a half years um, due to a robbery. Um, he came home for 10 months. And he violated parole, so he's back in jail now. Hopefully, he get a you know he get a chance to come home. You know, try to do something with his life. talk about my problems or anything like that so yeah, you know I may tend to shed a tear or whatnot but I'm okay you know I can talk about it I just don't know who you know how people are gonna take it you yeah. know and it's like you know uh, the things that we talk about it may be some things that people may not want to hear or people may be scared you know but I don't want you to t I don't want you to take that and make your perspective on that on me just you know look at me now and you know the things i've been through is what's making me the man i am today you know every day i'm trying to change you know some way somehow shape or form um, if that's you know helping somebody else you know um, then so be it uh, so i'm all I'm, I'm i'm really open to whatever it's just how open are you you know, to hear the things that you, you, you know, you want to hear, you know. If we get down, like, why me? Why all of this in my family? You know, do you yeah, forget, like, I, that's not fair? Or? Yeah, I, you know, I ask that every day. You know, I'm not one of them guys that go to church every Sunday. I didn't grow up in church. Um, I believe in God, but I don't believe you have to go to church to be surrounded by colorful windows and and, and hear praises and everything to, to believe in the man. So, you know, we have our talk. God give his worst battles to his strongest soldiers. 
you know. So, I mean, I've been through a lot in life, and it's like, I'm, you know, I'm still going to go through uh, things in life that's, that's going to be bad and worse. So I feel like if I could get through, if I can get through the, the things I've been through back home in the streets of Buffalo, New York, then nothing out here can uh, stop me. strange you like getting getting older and getting like thinking about someday being older than they were you the oldest now yeah i'm the oldest now living uh so it's just me and my little brother left uh that's why I work hard every day and try to better myself so that way I can try to get him down here with me. That gives you a sort of sense of responsibility being the oldest one now? Yeah, definitely a responsibility. I was uh, I was always the, not, not say always, but I was more of always like the caretaker, like taking care of everybody back home when I was home, you know. So now it's like it's even more hard trying to take care of everybody being so far away. Is like, you know, so I just try to take it one day at a time and just stay focused and just grind hard every day. I'm trying to come up with a master plan to figure out how can I make more money a positive way. So it's just a blessing to be here, you know, having opportunities to sit right here with you and have this conversation. People get a chance to see a different side of Brandon, you know, not knowing the B-boy. You know, that's my nickname, B-Boy. But, I, you know, I kind of stopped calling myself that because I don't consider myself B-Boy no more. You know, B-Boy was somebody who was uh, in the streets heavy, who did a lot of uh, activity uh, that wasn't right. I don't, you know, as I get older, I just realizing that that's not my name. And I don't want to carry that on no more. So when people call me that, I tell them, don't call me that because that's not me. Everything happened for a reason, you know, but it's all about, it's all about timing. Anything lost can be found again except for time wasted, you know. So I try not to waste time on things that don't benefit me or what I'm trying to do. That's why you left? Um, I left uh, I left because I just had a you know, I had the opportunity to get a better chance at life and uh to to just stop doing the things I was doing and living the lifestyle I was living. Um, I didn't have a pretty good childhood growing up. Um my father was around but he you know, he didn't teach me how to ride a bike. I didn't learn how to play basketball. I didn't learn how to you know do fatherly things with their son. Like when I went to my dad's house on the weekends, I learned about a different a different kinds of drugs and things that you know kids shouldn't learn at a young age. When your uh, when your uncle talked about you coming here, were you were you already looking to get out, or that hadn't even occurred to you? Or uh, before my uncle talking to me, no, I wasn't looking to get out. I was uh, I had a job. I was working for a private security company, and we traveled throughout the United States. 
So, like, the job can last for a day. It can last for six months. It can last for a year. And we did um, things such as fire disasters, road response, strike work, you know, things like that. So I was doing that on and off um, for, like, a year or two before I had the opportunity to come out here. Wow. My brother worked when he was in his early 20s, did clean up after fires and all that kind of stuff. He said that was a horrible job. It was, but you get paid good money though, you know. I mean, I was I was loving it, you know. I was young. I didn't I don't have no kids now. I didn't have no kids then. So, it was, you know, an opportunity to see other things even though I was stuck in the streets of Buffalo, New York. I had the opportunity to get out and see different different things. I wasn't really fully developed as far as trying to get out what I was in, but it did give me a chance to you know, open my eyes up a little bit more. But at that time, I still wasn't fully ready to just switch my whole life around. had goals I always wanted to be my own contractor but I never really took the steps and going in you know to that direction but I love to like remodel houses and do construction and landscaping and things like that so that was that was always my goal to be my own contractor I'm different in a, in ways of not doing the things I used to do um, I don't hang around the same crowd of friends that I used to have. Uh, the friends I have now are amazing. They are, you know, doing something positive in their life. gave me an opportunity to go on a business trip and on that on on that on that business trip there was over 65 people in that conference and there was only two black people and I was the youngest one and when I went there I went there with respect on with the perception of how was I going to be able to uphold conversation with some of these big people in high positions I didn't really have the qualifications or it felt like I you know meet the criteria to be at this uh, conference so for the week that I was preparing myself I was really trying to figure out was I going to be able to you know handle it and um, when that time came you know all I can do was just be myself so that's what I did and with, within those 72 hours I took notes I asked questions um, I was being uh, proactive and a couple of different big people in high positions pulled me to the side and they didn't have to do that. So when they pulled me to the side, they talking to me about different things in life and goals, where I want to be, where do I see myself. And I, 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 it really was, it really dawned on me when I got back to my bed 
And I asked myself, well, Brandon, what do you really want in life? What, where do you see yourself? You know, and the only thing that's really holding me back is myself because I'm a young black man with a tattoo on my face. I have no felonies um, by the grace of God um, or anything like that. So, so really, is is really me that's holding me back. So I said, you know what, Brandon, you've been here for six years. You've been closing chapters of your life since you've been here. Um, you need to take this step and close this one. So I just took, I just got online one day, looked up Eraser Clinic, and uh, I gave them a call. And I'm, I'm taking my steps on getting my tattoo laser removed from my face. So going on that conference really gave me a different different perspective on life. Um, so I have 12 treatments all together. They do my treatments every six to eight weeks to give it time to heal. But hopefully by the end of next year, March, um, it'll be completely gone. So it'll be a whole new branding. Were you afraid at that conference that that uh, tattoo was shaping how people saw you? Honestly, do, you, do you think it did? Honestly, yes. Um, I was afraid that people was going to judge. You know, they you know they say never judge a book by its cover, but there's also a saying there's no second chance at a first impression. So I, I was going there being myself, but at the same time trying to be distanced because I didn't want nobody to you know to just stare and look and say what is that. And, you know, people ask me, they did, what is that? What is that? You know, I tell them, um, some, everything is for a reason. Something is just not meant to be talked about, you know? So I left it as that. And, uh, you know, people, they just, they, they, at the end of the day, they love me because I was, my, I was being myself. I was being very talkative. And I was going around um, just being proactive and, being in the, in the in the mix of everybody and asking questions and talking and mingling and being being very open with uh everyone and so when I got back and I called a tattoo uh laser removal um it just I was, I just was ready you know I was more eager then than I was last year you know or 4 months ago prior to the um, conference like before the conference I wasn't even ready to remove it you know so within those three days of me being there it just really gave me a whole outlook on life and said that there is more There, you, you can do more you know you can achieve more you know uh, the only thing holding you back is yourself so uh, I'm taking that next step I'm trying to close that chapter and uh, elevate you have any having any feelings about it like you feel like you're betraying who you used to be or betraying people who um, you used to know or not necessarily not at all you know um at the end of the day it's still with me i know that but you know i don't i don't have to show it people don't have to have a second judgment on you know on me or just figure out you know what does that mean because there's been times i don't walked into places 
And instead of getting a hello, I'm getting in a, what does that mean? What does that tattoo mean on your face? I mean, literally, the first thing that's coming out of people's mouths, you know? So I just don't, I just don't, I'm just, I don't want that no more for, for them or for myself, you know? Um, I was 17 when I got it. I wasn't expecting, you know, to live. Uh, so I really didn't care about it. I didn't really care about the consequences. I didn't care about what people say. I didn't care about what people, anything. I didn't care about nothing. Um, so now that I had this opportunity to be out here, I'm just, you know, it's all about growth, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do, just grow day by day, some way, somehow. And uh, I'm taking the steps, you know, with that. What's the chapter that you were closing? What does the tattoo represent to you? Like, why did you get it? Um, I was young when I got this tattoo. I was about 17. I wasn't expecting to live past 21, the way I was going. I used to be in the gang. I used to sell drugs. I used to do the whole nine. That's the way I was going, dead or in jail, you know. Um, I dropped out at ninth grade. Uh, I got my GED. Um, and uh, I wasn't expecting to live past 21. So I didn't care ab about nothing. did some things in my life that I wasn't, I don't know, I'm not proud of, but, you know, when you come from where I come from, you know, um, you have no choice but to do what you have to do to, to survive. So uh, I managed to just still get through it, and by the grace of God, I'm still here, you know. Some people don't get a chance to make it to C30. So I've done some things in my life that, uh, made me who I am now, you know, I'm not, I'm not the best, but I am a better man I am today than I was six years ago. talk about closing that chapter by having the tattoo removed what what are you taking with you from that chapter from those days what are the good things that came out of that that you still carry with you as part of yourself today it just gives me a chance to look back and say damn you know if if I can make it and these young guys made it the things they've been through then you know we can all we, we all can make it we all can make it so just the fact that I can get on social media and look at some of the guys and see them doing positive things in the Air Force and meeting counselors and different um, 
lawyers and senates for the New York State. It just gave me a different outlook. Like, you know, there, there's there's more there's more to it. So I I, I I said, you know what, Brandon, you need to go ahead and close it. Um, I wasn't ready then. I wasn't ready. What do you think are your your strengths, like the characteristics that are part of who you are that are gonna help carry you where you wanna go in the world? I wanna say everything I've been through is my is my strength. I still go through things uh, to this day. Uh, for six years, I've been getting phone calls every morning. always been something bad you know someone has died so I think that is uh that's what scars me is gonna scar me for the rest of my life you know getting them early morning phone calls but at the same time is motivation because it, it, it gets me up to knowing that I have to strive and grind every day to make to make it better for myself, um, having my father in my ear and my brothers on my back, knowing that I got nieces and nephews to take care of, and a mother to take care of. Knowing that I have a little brother that's incarcerated that needs to come home one day, hopefully I can give him a chance to come out here and make a better uh, life for him as well. You know, it's like I was always born to be a leader, so I kind of take that, I, I, I kind of take that, and try to mold it into my work ethic, you know, and grind hard and showing him that, you know. Um, just because I had this tattoo on my face, don't don't judge me by that. Let my work ethic speak for itself. You know, um, I, I I love to work. I always been a working man. No matter um, how much I was in the streets, you know, back home, I always kept a job for myself, and it just always it always just kept me going. You know, um, I love to hustle. I love to work. I, I like to get my hands dirty. I don't like just sitting around, not doing nothing. I've been through a lot, man. You know, it it, it makes me the man I am today, you know. Um, I come from a place where it's, 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 it's a jealous city. It's, it's, it's a bad uh, place to grow up. There's no good schooling for kids. There's no opportunities for jobs out there. I mean, you can't you can't be doing good and let someone see you doing good because instead of it being motivation for them, they wind up go try to rob you to take your stuff or what you have and what you've been working on, and it's it's, it's just sad. It's, it's, it really is sad. You say you don't have any kids, right? No, nah, I just turned thirty. 
and uh, no kids, no girlfriend, no wife. Is that important to you? It is important. I do want kids. I do want a wife. I want a family. You know, I've been to more funerals than weddings. definitely uh, not trying to go that route. I want to have kids so they can have different lives. They don't have to go through the things I go through or deal with the things I deal with or seeing the things I've seen or anything like that. You know, I want them to have normal lives, you know, be a normal kid, do what kids do, you know, kid things. I want a son so I can show him how to treat a lady by the way I treat his mother. I want a daughter so I can know what she can look for in a man by the way I treat her mother. Um, until I have that, you know, I'm just going to continue working and grind hard and try to secure my bag and, uh, until that, you know, that lady comes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I was always scared of rejection. I used to always th thought I was the ugly fat kid uh, being around my friends. So I would never talk to girls. I didn't go to clubs when I was younger. I wasn't doing a club scene. I wasn't, uh, you know, going to parties or different things like that. So I just really, you know, just stayed to myself in my area. You just talk to everybody. You ain't shy anymore. So that's why I am who I am now because, like, you just you either gonna get somewhere or you're not. You know, you're gonna you're gonna gain something or you're gonna be back where you started. So that's why I am now. Just very forward, just straightforward, <laughs> just trying to get in and you know get in and get somewhere. And so. I'm, I'm growing, you know, that's all I'm doing, I'm growing. I like to get out, do different things, you know, uh, try different things. Uh, and, you know, being here in Austin, there's all kind of things to do. And you could do something every day. Uh, where I come from, there's nothing to do. So there's nothing to think, think about but trying to live. But being out here, I mean, you could go, I, I go tubing. I go uh, water rafting, I go um, jet skiing, I like to go to the mountains and go hike, go hiking. I wanna go to the inner space caves uh, out here that they have out here. I like to do uh, indoor skydiving, indoor skydiving. You know, I'm down, I'm down for adventures. I like being open to new things. You seem like you're good at making connections and making relationships. It's always about who you know. It's all it's about who who you know who you can help who can help you and i think you've got that skill yeah they you know that's crazy because i was just telling somebody that last night uh you know in this world nowadays is not what you know is who you know as long as you know the right man or woman in the position you can get the things that you need to get done i want to start getting more involved in it i don't have to just be secluded in my area i want to be able to mingle and talk to different people and I, you know, I used to work nights when I first started there. I used to work uh, night shift, 10 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. And being on nights, you don't see nobody in the day, so nobody knows you. 
by working nights when you have meetings in the daytime and you got to go to these meetings and everybody's talking to everybody but you're stuck at a table with your group of night crew and nobody's not mingling you know to you it, so when I had the opportunity to come on days I made sure that I was going around to different departments showing my face being you know talking to them and being open and just showing them you know I'm here you know I I, I made it you know uh, don't nobody know didn't know me or know my story or anything like that so I just was trying to get more open within the company myself just by me being myself and you know going around and being proactive just trying to stay positive with the things I'm doing trying to stay with uh, positive people in my life um, so I just I'm just glad to be here you know have an opportunity to come to Austin Texas and and you know open my doors to, to people if I can and show them that there is a better way you know my dad always told me if it's gonna make me mad don't do it so I still think about that you know like if it's gonna make him mad I don't do it you know even though he's uh, deceased so I you know I carry that with me um, throughout uh, the, my day-to-day -day basics of what I do and uh, how I go about it you know just trying to better myself every every aspect that I can uh, hopefully this uh reach out to somebody you know young old you know who knows uh, just get them a different perspective on life as well you know there's more to life than just doing the same things that you're used to doing that was brandon foster telling his story of his journey from buffalo to austin thank you so much brandon for taking the time and being so open in our conversation it really means a lot to me thanks for listening y'all see you next time